Welcome to the Faith Lift Radio Podcast, where doubt is destroyed and your faith is lifted. Here's today's message from Dr. Glenn. Okay, let's go back to our foundational text, Secrets of the Power of God. All right, let's go to Romans chapter 15. This is our foundational text. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient, to make the Gentiles obedient. Now, we know that the Gentiles were hard-headed, stiff-necked people, but he made them to become obedient, all right, by word and by deed. Now, remember, into the Corinthians, says, when I came to you, I didn't come with the uh, enticing words of man's wisdom, but I came in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Our gospel must be evidenced with power. Can you say amen? Through mighty signs and wonders. Everybody signs. Everybody says, everybody say signs and wonders. By the power of the spirit of God. So that from Jerusalem and run about Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Acts 1, 8 says, but you shall receive power. Everybody say power. Okay. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you and you shall be witnesses. You can't be effective witnesses until you receive power. Can you say amen? Christopher Virasomi, how are you, my friend? May the Lord bless you. Glory to God. Another great man of God there today. Amen. We thank God for his life. Okay. Acts chapter 4 and verse 33, we've been using this, this, uh, these verses for, for our foundational texts. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. We've discovered that great power is as a result of great grace. If you want great power, you've got to have great grace. If you want great grace, then you have to be greatly humbled. Okay, when you greatly humble yourself before the Lord, he gives grace to the humble. So if he gives grace to the humble, right, he gives power to the humble. Are you listening? So one of the things that will uh, uh, accentuate the power of God in your life is humility. Can you say that with me? One of the things that will, what, accentuate the power of God is what? Humility. Thank you, Jesus. What now? If you if you if you read your Bible, let me show you this scripture here. All right, <clears throat> look in your Bible, please, to the book of Deuteronomy. Let's go to the book of Deuteronomy. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. The book of Deuteronomy. Look in your biblicals. Thank you, Jesus. Deuteronomy, please, chapter thirty-four. Okay, chapter thirty-four, and then I am going to show you another scripture. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, my dear friend. You know, I've known uh, Chris for like, uh, I mean, 25 years. Great man, great, great, great man of God. Love him dearly. Praise God. And the only, and the chief reason why I love him is because he's a Liverpool supporter like me. <laughs> hey, Pastor Michel Dua, Pastor Michel Dua, another friend of mine, which I've known for 30 years. 30 years, never had an argument with him. Never had an argument with Chris. Never had an argument with uh, Michelle Douay. Never had an argument with uh, uh, Paul Harvey. 
All right, I've known Paul Harvey. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Since I was 16 years old. All right, and we don't, uh, this is what I'm talking about. These are good friends. These are good, good, good people. Pastor Michel Douai is from La Côte d'Ivoire, who has a great church, La Parole de Foi, Word of Faith in England. And, um, you know, so uh, we, we, we thank God for his life. Amen. Yeah, well, praise God. No, I'm sorry. Oh, no, Southampton. Yeah, South, South, Southampton still the best football team among the uh, garbage, but <laughs> thank you, Jesus. But Michel Douay is a great, great, great man of great man of God, and he's rich. He's written us. I believe that's your second book now. I believe that's your second book, Pastor Michel. And uh, those of you who speak French, uh, go ahead and uh, listen. Get Pastor Michel's book, uh, uh, Michel Douay. Hey, man, go to his website. Uh, if you if you let me know what your website is, we can tell the people about it. Especially those in the French world, they can get that book. They can get Pastor Michel Douay's book. I'm telling you. All right. And also, Barry, you wrote a book, right? Didn't you write a book? Amen. Uh, of course, Paul will back to differ. Even if, if he thinks he's arguing, he never wins. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Barry, what's that book that you've just written now? You've just written a book, uh, something, something about something. <laughs> All right. It will be available to for, for purchase uh, uh, real soon. Real soon. Okay. Hey, Adochi, may the Lord bless you. And Gozi Heart, may the Lord bless you, Johanna. Oh, Johanna, may the Lord bless you. Praise the Lord. Okay. Barry just wrote a book on what is the gospel. Okay, so now Deuteronomy chapter 34. Let's read, please. <clears throat> Let's read verse uh, 10. Thank you, Jesus. Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 10. Hallelujah. Now look at this now. And there arose not a prophet since Israel... Okay, uh, <clears throat> like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. Now look at verse 11. In all the signs and the wonders which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt. Now notice again. Now we see that Paul had miracle signs and wonders. And we see here in the ministry of, uh, of Moses, who was a great deliverer. He was also an apostle of miracle signs and wonders. But what do we know about what do we know about Moses, Adoche? What do we know? And Gozi, what do we know? The Bible says he was the meekest man in all the earth. And so one of the secrets to the power of God is that we've got to be humble. We've got to be, be what? Humble and meek. In other words, do not get on your high horse literally. Okay? Uh, the moment you get into pride, pride will short circuit the power of God away from your life and you will not walk into the, the power of God. This is why you've got to be humble. Now, humility does not mean humiliation. Humility means that you humble yourself before the Word of God. It means that you, you, you bow down before what the Word of God says. If the word of God says it, I believe it, and that settles it. Can you say amen? Glory to Jesus. Okay, now, yesterday, I just uh, briefly give you back what I told you yesterday, and then to go where we, 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 I want to go today. I said to you yesterday, that, number one, the power of God is tangible, perceptible to the touch. All right, that's correct. Uh, Chris Virasomi just wrote that uh, humility increased longevity. In, uh, humility increased longevity. Humility increased your capacity and the power of God in your life. All right. Then number two, we discovered yesterday that the power of God is transmittable 
through the law of contact and transmission. Number three, we discover that the power of God is storable. Number four, we discover that the power of God is transferable. Number five, we discover that the power of God is a troublemaker for Satan. It explodes in the kingdom of darkness. Number six, we discover that the power of God is like electricity and solves manifold problems in one spot, just like electricity who solves all the problems that you got right now, your light problem, your, your, your food problem, your heat problem, your air problem, electricity just solves everything. All right, now, glory to God. So today, I want to take it from another angle. I talked to you yesterday about conductors and insulators, and if time permits, I'm going to get back to that in a minute. All right, but yes, I love that. Oh, I love that, Tracy. And somebody might, might want to write this down, okay? Be humble or you'll stumble. Be humble or you'll stumble. Say that with me. Be humble or you will what? Stumble. Now, open your Bible with me. So this is why you've got to be humble all the time. You have got to be humble. What does that mean? To be humble makes you a conductor. So humility makes you a, becomes, acts like a conductor to the power of God. Pride Pride acts like an insulator that will stop the flow of electron, the power of God, uh, from moving into your life. Now, let's go to Galatians. All right, I want to show you what the great apostle Paul says here. The book of Galatians, I want to show you this. This is so important, okay? This is so important. Galatians chapter 2. Now, before we read Galatians chapter 2, what does it mean to be humble. All right. What does humility means? Humility simply means that you humble yourself before the word of God. If God says it, I believe it. That settles it. It means that you don't ever argue with God. Pride, uh, God resisteth the proud, the Bible says. So you're not going to get the flow of power if you're walking in pride. All right. Now let's go to Galatians chapter 2. This is so important, especially for those of you who are called. Okay, Galatians chapter 2. We are going to read. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Galatians chapter 2. Let's read verse. Um, verse 6. Galatians chapter 2, verse 6. Till verse 9, please. Galatians chapter 2, verse 6 to verse 9. But of these who seem to be somewhat, whatsoever they were, it maketh no matter to me. God accepteth no man's person, for they who seem to be somewhat in conference addeth, added nothing to me. Now, look at verse 7. But contrarywise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto me, as the gospel of the circumcision was unto Peter. Now look at verse 8. For he that wrought effectually. There's that word wrought again. Now remember, three times we've seen the word wrought. All right? If you remember in... Uh, let's go back to our original text. What was our original text? The word wrought. You saw it in Romans 15 and verse 18. 
For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not wrought by me. Okay? To make the Gentiles obedience by word and by deed, by mighty signs and wonders. Now, let's go to Acts 19, verse 11 and verse 12. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. Now, we're connecting the dots. All right? This is what... This is what uh, reading the Bible does. When you read the Bible over and over and over again, after a while, you'll just simply connect the dots. You'll just connect the dots. All right. Now let's connect another dot. Let's go to Galatians chapter two. All right. Third time we'll see the word wrought. All right. God activated. Now look what it says here. For he that wrought effectually, verse eight, in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision, the same was mighty in me toward the Gentiles. So today, apart from humility, which is a conductor to the power of God, here's the second point I want to bring to you today. If you want to see the power of God display in your life, you have got to be in the proper place. Now, write this down. When I am in my proper place, in the race, the grace will flow. The grace will flow in the place where you are in the race. Say that with me. I've got to be in the right place, in the race, for the grace to flow. Now, he says, look at that verse again, please. Hallelujah. And, 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 and if, you can, if you can read verse 9, and when James and Cephas and John, who seemed to be who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace. There's a word, the grace. Why why was there grace? Remember, we just read, and I quote it to you. He gives grace to the humble. We've just read great power, great grace, and I told you that great power is as a result of great grace. Great grace is as a result. Of you being in the right place and in the right race. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? The reason many of us do not see the manifestation of the power of God in our lives is because we're not in the right place. Are you listening? And you're not running the right race. And so when you're not in the right race, in the right place, then what happens? The grace doesn't flow. But when you are in the race, glory to God, in your right race, in the right place, the grace will flow. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. This is why I do not try to be something else. I want to follow what the Apostle Paul said, what he put in place. Look what he says here. Verse 7, verse 7. He says, but contrarywise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto me. Look at this now. The gospel, a, a gospel was committed unto me. The gospel of the what? Uncircumcision was committed unto me as the gospel of the circumcision was unto Peter. Peter was called to go towards the Jews and P, uh, Peter was called to go towards the Jews and Paul was called to go towards the Gentiles, which in the natural doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. Why doesn't it make sense? Because 
Paul was a Pharisee. He knew all the Jewish laws. He knew everything about the about the law. Are you listening? In fact, if you read the book of Galatians, he'll tell you all about his uh, <laughs> his uh, qualifications. All right. But here's the deal: if Paul went to the Jews, he would have relied upon his own flesh. Are you listening? But God took him out of his comfort zone, all right, and put him into a place where he would have to rely upon the grace of God for the race. Now, Peter would be more accustomed with the Gentiles because if you if you remember, <coughs> Peter had a problem with cussing, had a problem with, uh, you know, he was hot-headed and hot-tempered. And, you know, he, he was a master cusser. So logic would have told you, well, you know, let's, uh, since Peter is uh, rough around the edges, let's send him to the Gentiles. And since that Paul is more sophisticated, educated, and uh, more religious, let's send him to the Jews. But God didn't do that. God sent Paul to the Gentiles, and he sent Peter to the Jews. Are you listening? Can you say amen? Now, listen to this now. Listen to this. So he said that when they saw that the gospel was committed unto me, the gospel of uncircumcision, as the gospel of, of circumcision was to Peter, then he put in bracket, verse 8, for he that wrought effectually, he that came and manifested powerfully in Peter to the apostleship or to his commission of the circumcision, the same was mighty, in me towards the Gentiles. Can you say amen? Now, ladies and gentlemen, listen to me very carefully here. Are you in your place? Yes. Today, I'm sharing with you some more secrets. Number one, you've got to be humble. All right. The more humble you are, the more grace you will have, the more power you will have in your life. Number two, are you in your place? Are you in your place of calling? This is why I believe it was King Uzziah. Maybe Barry can help me with this. King Uzziah, he was a king, and then he wanted to offer incense before God in the temple, and they told him, the priest told him, no, you can't do that. You, that's not your calling. That is not your place. That's the place of the priest. But he wanted to do so, and because he defied the priest, defied God, he became a leper. Right there in the temple, he became a leper because that was not his place. Are you hearing me, saints? Are you hearing me, saints? Those that uh, are you sure? All right. Uh, <clears throat> one of the king, anyway. Glory to God. No, I don't think so. <laughs> no, I think it was King Uzzah. Let's see. Well, let's just check in our Bible. All right. Let's check in our Bible. Which king became, thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yeah, hallelujah. Let's see. Thank you, Jesus. Praise be to God. Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. It was, I was right. King Uzziah. <laughs> King Uzziah. Okay, thank you, Jesus. Yes, King Uzziah went into the temple to offer incense to God upon the altar. Right? You'll find this in Second Chronicles. Second uh, Chronicles. Let's go to Second Chronicles, please. Chapter 26. Second Chronicles, bless the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Yeah, 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 Barry. 
All right. It's going to come out with all kinds of excuses now. Thank you, Jesus. Second Chronicles chapter 26. Thank you, Jesus. Look in your Bible, guys. Chapter 26. We are going to be reading, please. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Talking about King Uzziah, verse 16. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up, pride, okay, to his destruction. There you go. For he transgressed against the Lord, his God, and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. Okay. And Azariah, the priest, went in after him, and with him fourscore priests, all right, 80 priests of the Lord, that were valiant men, and they withstood Uzziah, the king, and said unto him, It it does not appertain to you, Uzziah, to burn incense unto the Lord, but to the priests, the sons of Aaron, that are consecrated to burn incense. Go out of the sanctuary, for thou hast trespassed. Neither shall I shall it be for thine honor from the Lord from, uh, from the Lord God. Then Uzziah was angry, and he had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was wroth with the priest, the leprosy even rose up to his forehead. Are you see, are you seeing here now? All right, he t stepped out of his place of the race, and so. Many times we don't see the power of God manifested in our life is because we step out of place. So I want to talk to you, Reverend Plus, uh, Rinks, Jerezy, uh, uh, Amen, Adoche. Are you in your proper place? Are you in your proper place? Now, you, 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 you know your Old Testament very well that the, there was a division between kings and priests. Kings and priests. Now, you've got to know whether you've been called to be a king or you've been called to be a priest. All right? Kings go into, uh, they go into battles and they bring the loot. And priests offer incense before God. So there are those who are called to the fivefold ministry and then there are those who are called into as kings to be in businesses, to do other things. Are you, are you listening? And so you've got to know your place. Don't step out of your place. Do not step out of your place because if you step out of your place, the grace will not be there. This is why people ask me, why don't you go here? Why don't you go there? I'm not trying to go anywhere. Well, then the Bible says, go ye into all the world. Yes, that's to the whole body of Christ. I am not the whole body of Christ. I go where God has sent me. Are you listening? There are some nations I'm not going to go because God never told me to go there. Okay, I go where God has sent me. Do you know how many invitations, and you know, Paul can tell you that I have received, uh, I have received a multitude, you know, multiple invitations from one particular nation, but I haven't responded to it yet because I haven't sensed in my spirit that this is the place for me to go. Now, Nigeria, I know that's my place. United States, Nigeria, all right, and, and a few other nations that, I, that, that, that God, that receives me well, is because of what God told me. I was about 14, 15 years old. Now, listen to this now. I was about 14 and 15 years old, 
and uh, I was uh, in the bath, and I had a visitation of the Lord, and I was transported. Okay, I was transported, and I saw myself standing. Okay, I, I can tell you exactly where I was. I was in Stoke Newington, London. All right, and I was in the bath, and I and I was praying in tongues, praying in the spirit, and I saw myself transported, and I saw myself standing on this land. I said, Lord. Where am I? He said, uh, I heard the voice of God. You are in Nigeria. I said, Nigeria? He said, yes. He says, your greatest harvest will come from Nigeria. Ladies and gentlemen, from the time, and I didn't tell anybody about it. I did not tell anybody about it. And from that time, and when the door finally opened for me, when I was about 21, 22 years old to go to Nigeria, that once that door swung open, that door has remained open. Like I said to you, I I have been to Nigeria 136 times, preached in the best of the best of the churches in Nigeria, did crusades in Nigeria, and it, it, they respond to me because that's my calling. The grace flows in the place. In fact, I'm going to tell you this. The grace flows better in Nigeria for me than it flows in Mauritius. Even though I was born in Mauritius, are you listening? And I go to Mauritius, but it's not the same as in Nigeria. This is the grace that God has given me. Are you listening? Uh, are you listening? Now, I know it flows very well for me in the United States because that's where my calling is. You've got to know your place. You've got to know your place. Can you put your hand on your heart? And say with me, I've got to know my place. Glory to God. I'm not trying to be a jack of all trades and master of none. I want to be a specialist in what God has called me to do. Are you listening? Paul said the, the, the same that wrought effectually in Peter towards the circumcision. The same was mighty in me. You're going to hurt yourself real bad if you try to do everything. Are you listening? That Mark 16 is to the whole body of Christ. You've got to find your specific assignment. Come on, put your hand on your heart and say with me, I've got to find my specific assignment. Are you listening? Are you listening? For me, the moment I step into Every time I, st I step onto Nigerian soil, uh, I'm home. I'm home. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I love everything about it. I love the churches. I love the people. All right. That, that, that doesn't mean I don't, I don't love any other people. That doesn't mean I don't love uh, Ghanaians when I go there. All right. No, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time. In fact, I upset some people in Ghana. I was preaching in Ghana. And, uh, you know, it was a great church, a mega, mega, mega church. If I was to mention the name of the people that, that, that I preach for, you'd be shocked. All right. And uh, so they asked me, well, uh, how do you like Ghana? And this was my answer. It's not Nigeria. They were <laughs> maybe I did, maybe I should have maybe I should have used a, bit, a better, better wisdom there. And so they asked me, so well, how was how, how do you like Ghana? I said, yeah, I like it, but it's not Nigeria. It's not Nigeria because I know what flows through me. What comes out of me, okay? I know what what happens to me the moment I step onto Nigerian soil. I, 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 something supernatural happens to me. 
okay, something supernatural. Most of the books which I've written were written in Nigeria while I was in the hotel or traveling to Nigeria. Are you listening to me now? Amazing. It's amazing what, what, what will... When you, when you are in the place that God has called you and you find that specific place, how things just ticks easy. Just ticks easy. The way of the transgressor is hard. The way of the transgressor is hard. Now, many times we think in, uh, uh, of this in terms of sin, and of course. But if you're transgressing the place where God has called you, the... Uh, the place, then the grace will not flow. And some of you right now, you are in a place where grace is not flowing. Grace is not flowing. Are you listening to me now? Can you say amen? When you are in the place, I want you to write this down. When you are in the place, just what like the Apostle Paul says, I have finished my race. And now a crown is laid up for me. I will finish my race. Glory to God. I will finish my race. Can you say with me? I will finish my race. So today, think about this. I want you to be humble. Amen. God wants you to be humble. Number two, you've got to stay in your place. All right. Now, number three today, if you want the power of God to manifest through you, I want you to write this down. We're going to talk about two things today. You've got to have a life of consecration. You've got to be consecrated to God. In fact, let's go to uh, the book of Luke, please. The book of Luke chapter 5. These two go hand in hand. Luke in chapter 5. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Luke chapter 5. This is why, you know, what, what I'm telling you about um, staying in your place that grace will flow. If you've known me for years, I do not do marriage, uh, you know, seminar. That's not my calling. Now I can teach one day about marriage seminar or, uh, or about marriage, but that is not what God has called me. There are people whom God have anointed and graced with that, uh, with that message. That's not my predominant message. I can only brush upon it. Probably I will tell you probably in about. Uh, uh, tw over 20 years of ministry, probably taught on marriage probably about twice. Okay? And it's, it's like a chore. <laughs> it's like a chore. Like, oh, God. You know, um, uh, who, uh, some people tell me that it takes them two or three hours to, you know, to prepare a message. Uh, for me, if, if I have to talk about marriage, it would take me a long time to prepare it. But this, like teaching you the Word, doesn't take me that long at all because that's my calling. I can teach you in my sleep. That's the grace of God on my life. And uh, I'll close my eyes and I'll see dots. I, I'll connect the dots. Connect the dots. The scriptures together. Because that's where the, that's, I'm in my place. The grace flows. Are you listening? You know that you're not in your place but when you start to struggle to do things. No, 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 no. The anointing breaks the yoke. The anointing makes things easy. That's the whole purpose of the anointing. Glory to God. Can you say amen? Luke chapter 5. Glory to God. Look in your Bible, please. Thank you, Jesus. Luke chapter 5. <clears throat> we are going to read 
Uh, what verse is this? What verse is this? Praise be to Jesus. Luke chapter 5. Look, at, Open your Bible. I'm going to show you two scriptures here. Okay, now. <clears throat> let's read verse 15. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him. And great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. They came to hear and to be healed. They came to hear and to be healed. Hallelujah. <laughs> Dr. Vivian says, you have the best marriage in the world because you are out of the house most of the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think Rosie will agree with that. <laughs> I think she'll agree with that, Dr. Viv. Glory to God. Now, it says, great multitudes came to hear and to be healed by him of the infirmities. If that was today's minister, the fact that it says, great multitudes came to hear and to be healed, they will think, I've got it made. I've got it made. All right? But look what Jesus did. But he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. Now, what I want you to do by this verse, by verse 16, write this down. Write the word consecration. And then write the word petition. Consecration and petition. So, we've said today, one secret is humility. The second secret is to be in your place. The third secret is you've got to be consecrated to your prayer life. You've got to be consecrated to your prayer life. Jesus was not moved by the crowd. He withdrew himself from the crowd to be with his father, to be in prayer before the Lord, before his father God, because he knew, or to commune with the Holy Spirit, because he knew that was the base of power. Now, let me show you the result. Look at this now. Look at this. Link this up. Connect the dot. So he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. Now, look at verse 17. It came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that the that the, there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power, the power of the Lord was present to heal. See that? The power of the Lord was present to heal. Now, how did that happen? My wife is saying amen to Dr. V. Don't encourage him. All right. <laughs> Lord Jesus. Hey, Pastor Sanjit is on. Glory to God. So, Listen to this. you got to be consecrated to your prayer life. You've got to be consecrated to your prayer life. The more you pray, the more power will flow through you. Prayer acts like a magnet, like a hose through which the power of God will flow through you. The depth of your prayer life and the depth of your consecration to God will determine how high you go in life, are you listening, and how powerful you are, how strong you are. Can you say amen? Don't joke with your prayer life. Now, if a pastor, if a man of God does not have a prayer life, does not spend time, long stretch of time, praying in the Spirit, withdrawing himself. See, some of you just need to learn to withdraw yourself from the crowd, from people, and I don't have that problem. I do not have that problem of withdrawing, okay? Because uh, my time is precious to me. 
And whether it's children, whether it is my wife, they know when it's time for me to withdraw. Do not disturb me. I'm praying. I'm seeking God. And i got to have that power. Are you listening to me now? Can you say amen? You've got to be like Jesus. Withdraw. He protected his prayer life. He protected his prayer life. He did not allow the crowd or the needs of the people to encroach on his prayer life. And too many of us, we allow people with their needs to encroach on your prayer life. And let me tell you this. If, you are, if out of just human compassion, you allow people and their needs to encroach on your prayer life, you are going to be totally useless to them. Okay? Because you did not spend time with the Father. You didn't spend time with the Holy Spirit. So you'll be trying to operate from human compassion. Now, you remember the scripture says Jesus was moved with compassion. All right? Now, when you, when you, when you read that, it's not talking about human compassion. God's compassion, uh, it, uh, that word actually comes from the word guts. Okay? The bowels of mercies. The bowels of mercies. The Bible talks about that. You'll see that reference in the Bible. But that's not human compassion. That is God's compassion. He moved with compassion and healed them. But in order for you to get that, you have to spend time in God's presence in prayer. So, today, humility. Number two, be in your place for the grace to flow in that race. Number three, ladies and gentlemen, you've got to be consecrated. You on Instagram, you on Twitter and Facebook, you have got to be consecrated to your prayer life. Do not joke with it. This morning, you know, we pray all the time in the church. We don't joke with it. We do not joke with it. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Praying in the Spirit. I learned that years ago from uh, the great John G. Lake, okay, who told William Seymour. He says, spend a long stretch of time praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues. He says, praying in tongues will be the making of you and the making of your ministry. Will be the making of you and the making of your ministry. Listen to me very carefully. Your prayer life will make you a conductor to the power of God, to other people. A conductor of the power of God to the people. Jesus withdrew. And then as it taught, the power of the Lord was present to heal. Ladies and gentlemen, many times when we teach, we're just teaching people out of our intellect. But I like something which I heard many, 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 many years ago from the great old Roberts. And I wrote it in my Bible years ago. And I live by this principle. Okay? Study yourself full. Pray yourself full. Okay? And then preach from the overflow. Teach from the overflow. Are you listening? Study yourself full. Pray yourself full. And then preach from the overflow. I don't sit there and try to prepare message after message. No, I read my Bible voraciously. I read books voraciously. Okay? On this iPad right now, there are over 1,000 books. All right? Man, that's information at your fingertips. All right? And I've got over 1,000 books on this. Amazing. Amazing what technology will give you today. Uh, uh, on my phone right now, there are, I don't know how many 
messages. I listen Bible all the time. I study myself full. I pray myself full. Then preach from the overflow simply by connecting the dots. Simply by connecting the dots. Are you listening to me now? Can you say amen? I love that. Man, that changed my life. That changed my life. Because when I first went to Nigeria, boy, I tell you what, they stretched me beyond measure. I'm in my 20s, okay? One time I was there for 10 days. They made me preach 39 times. Now, I will forever be grateful for to the great uh, Reverend Dr. Christian DeJoda. Changed my life. He changed my life. He stretched me like no other man ever stretched me. Okay, Glenn, you're going to preach this. I was there for 10 days. I preached 39 times, three, four times a day. Okay, and so when I came back, people tell me, oh, preaching, uh, uh, you know, once a day. is No, I was preaching four times a day. All right, and after a few days, I didn't know what to say. I was like, I ain't got nothing else to say. I don't know anything else. That's when it forced me. That's when I heard what old Robert said. When he was talking to his students, he said, pray yourself full. Study yourself full and preach from the overflow. Preach from the overflow. Glory be to God. That's what I do. And that's what I've been doing for years. Doing for years. Okay, I went to bed this, this morning. I mean, about three o'clock in the morning, I went to bed listening to stuff, reading stuff, got up in the morning, praying in the Holy Ghost, after praying in the Holy Ghost, reading some stuff, reading and more reading and more reading, and then preach already this morning, all right, twice, all right, got one more service tonight. Uh, on average, I preach about two, three times a day, okay? And uh, do you get burned out? No, I don't have time to, be, to get burned out because I got this too much inside of me, too much inside of me. And I, when I was younger, I don't do that anymore, but when I was younger, I used to compete with myself and see how many uh, uh, tapes, messages I can listen to, uh, you know, on the weekend. One time Rosie was away, I listened to 40 messages, 40 messages. Ladies and gentlemen, that was 40 hours of nonstop teaching. So to me, sometimes when I'm, you know, like when I'm on the plane, I don't watch TV. I like, don't, don't have time to watch, to do this. I'm either writing books or I'm listening to stuff. Listening, listening, praying in the spirit, listening, listening, praying. And many times they'll pick me straight up from the airport, go to the hotel, shower it up, and go straight to the service. Amen. Go straight to the service. Does that phase you? Not at all. Not at all. That's my life. Are you listening? You stay connected to God. You stay connected to God. Stay connected by praying in the spirit. So be humble. Stay in your place. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Do you know how many times I've, I've uh, turned down invitations? Now, now, Dr. Glenn, we want you to come and teach on marriage. Huh? <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. That, that is not my calling. Okay, I can teach about it, yes, but that is not my calling. My calling is to empower you with knowledge. Empower you, amen, with the word of God. Can you say Amen. Hallelujah. I leave that to those who are called to that. Glory to God. Amen. And that's fine with me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Faith Lift Radio Podcast. For more information about Dr. Glenn and how to offer your financial support, 
Log on to glenarecchia.org. 